Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Choo choo! Boom! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun, Shaman Hall, production, Smoking Gun is flying, here comes Smoking Gun, I don't know! That just happened! That just happened! Don't touch that dial. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, I'll tell you what, a two-week vacation is what everybody needs uh, once in a while. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, of course. I come back uh, ready to fire, my man. Who the heck are you? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, listen, you know what? I, I was halfway expecting you to create a new open, and then I would have came on the show this morning and said, man, I've been gone two weeks. You decided to change everything on me. Well, actually, we were talking about that. We, we're going to freshen up the show a little bit over the next couple of weeks. Let's see what we've got. New open on the docket. We're going to have some new uh, bumper music. Hand. Definitely got to have some new can. bumper music. We're, we're, we're going to freshen the show up a little bit, more production pieces, kind of like it used to be. So, uh, you know, we're going to get a little bit of a facelift. Not a great facelift. I mean, we'll still have the great guests. It'll still be the great format that you used to, but we're going to freshen things up a little bit around here. Gonna, you're going to do some spring cleaning. How about that? <laughs> well, we've got a fantastic show coming up. But before we get to uh, the highlights of our guest, boy, what a week at Hardest Racing has it been, Mike. Uh, the return of a couple of great horses, some big, big prices. Uh, from last night out at Northfield Park. But how about Hannah Lore Hanover, Mike, yeah. uh, coming in the Arthur J. Cutler Memorial? She had everything going against her, had to face the boys, post number 12, second tier, and boy, did she handle it with absolute disdain. You know how many people sent to me, listen, if this is the chance to bet against Hannah Lore Hanover, this is it. Because she's starting from post-12, she's coming back, you know, off the long layoff. It's her first start of the year, you know. I mean, they're going a mile and an eighth. I mean, if, if you're looking for value, if you're looking from a handicapping point of view, this is the time to try to beat her. And if you tried to beat her, you paid the price. You almost beat her. We'll take charge. Almost got the job done. Only lost by a neck. But Hannah Lore Hanover from post-12 just – such i mean she's just a professional out there mike i mean she just she shows such composure you know that she just i I don't know it's kind of a weird thing she just never looks desperate out there she just does her own thing she made that nice middle move to put herself into position and she was able to outclose will take charge late in the lane to get the job done and i'll tell you what she is without a doubt probably uh, i don't want to say she's the best trotting mare of all time but she's certainly darn close 
Well, listen, you know, she's got to definitely be up there in um, the conversation, at least. The great moneymaker, obviously, of one of the greatest uh, trotting mares of all time. And, you know, Hannah Lore's done a lot of great things. And I'll tell you what, uh, she's well on her way uh, to stamping her name as uh, probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, uh, show uh, show. Listen to me. I'm thinking about the show. <laughs> One of the greatest. Mm-hmm. She is. Her, I'll tell you what. She is her own uh, show, buddy. She is her own show. <laughs> trotting mare of all time, buddy. Yeah, she certainly is. I mean, be a magician. Obviously, there's a lot of great mares that go into that conversation, but Handel or Hanover is absolutely one. And speaking of. Uh, Horses that are going to be fantastic mares on the pacing side of things. I had a chance to see one yesterday. My caviard alley, the jug ed winner. She looked absolutely fantastic on debut as a four-year-old. I think uh, some of the older mares better take notice because she paced 150 and four. And I'll tell you what, she was never asked. I mean, she just went to the front and she rolled and that's her game. Like when she gets on the front, she could be very, very dangerous. And uh, obviously that field, was kind of no match for her yesterday. I mean, she was just really, really good. But to to make a performance like that, Mike, to to notch a performance like that in your first start of the year really says something. Another nice horse, Crystal Fashion, had a chance to see him too. He was outstanding too. A lot of these nice horses are coming back. It's a fun time of year. Yeah, definitely. I watched Caviar Alley's race yesterday, and the fact of the matter that she just brushed to the lead, was never asked, and still went fifty and four. I mean, it was a twenty—I believe it was twenty-seven flat or twenty-eight flat uh, final quarter. I mean, absolutely unprecedented by Caviar Alley, and you know, she, it shows that she matured matured well from three to four. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, I mean, she's going to be tough. She's going to be tough. I mean, Noel Daly's got a really good stable. And, uh, you know, congratulations to Caviar Farms. I always see uh, Judy Chaffee on Facebook, and, you know, she's always very uh, active on social media and all that. And, you know, very, very, not only obviously is she an active participant, but she's a very big fan of the game. And and it was good to see, uh, you know, good to see Caviar Alley. Uh, you know, do well for her. It's good to see horses do well for good people. So congrats to all the connections of Caviar Allen. We certainly uh, look forward to big things from her coming up uh, here in 2018. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, something else we wanted to kind of touch on, Mike, I think it might be the biggest exacted price anybody has seen anywhere. Um, yeah. yeah, obviously, uh, I'm not sure that we're able to confirm that, but the biggest one that I was able to find compared to it was the Kentucky Derby where Giacomo won at 50 to one. And, uh, that, uh, exact, the payoff was $9,000. So I think, uh, last night at Northfield park, they may have etched themselves into some history as a uh, couple of big bombs, uh, lit up the tote board, Mike, uh, the super effecta paid eight, four, all in all. Uh, the exact combination of eight and four came back thirteen grand, one ticket. Uh, that was all that it. Uh, that's all that it took. Did the gold sheet have that one? I doubt it. Very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I, well, 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 listen. That's the point. Nobody had it. Hardly anybody had it. You know, that's that's like uh, what the lady at Ratama Park that played the uh, pick five in the in the uh, one of the pick fives in the Derby and won. Uh, 1.2 million for like an 18 dollar bet. Yes, yeah, she, did 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 yeah, she played the pick five. Uh, a dollar pick five, uh, and had an 18 dollar bet, won 1.2 million dollars. People have been calling the mutuals office uh, all week trying to figure out how to play that bet. 
because uh, they no. want to be able to win a couple million dollars. So, uh, you know what? Uh, it, you know, it draws a little bit of uh, interest. It's an interest story, and it was a uh, it was a week of bombs. Even though the Kentucky Derby didn't produce any bombs, Mike, uh, the top three logical horses run one, two, three, and then a bomb runs fourth, and the super no. effective for a dollar comes back nineteen grand. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean that the big there was that was one of the big talks on Twitter, Mike, was the difference between a trifecta and a superfecta payoff. And I understand hindsight's twenty twenty, but if you look back, uh, there was a Jerry Hollendorfer charge that finished fourth. Now, if you look back last year at last year's Derby, Battle of Midway was another Jerry Hollendorfer horse that uh, that finished third and made that try. So, you know, if you want to use the Jerry Hollendorfer underneath angle in the Derby, you know, you could uh, you could have been uh, raking in the dough right now. But going back to that race at Northfield Park, Mike, I got the results up and. And uh, it's it's all over the place on Twitter if you want to see it for yourself. But the winner paid three hundred sixty-one dollars and forty cents. It was driven by Luke Eversall. It was Luke's birthday, by the way, I believe. Yeah, and, happy uh, birthday, Luke. Yeah, three hundred sixty-one dollars. Andy Dan was four. The number four for his second paid thirty-seven eighty to place. And uh, smell that rock only paid eleven twenty to show. But yeah, that dollar exact it paid thirteen thousand one hundred forty-two dollars. That that probably was the pool, right, Mike? It, yeah, it was. It was. They, there were sixteen grand, I believe, in the pool uh, from the reports that I've seen on HPI and things of that sort. And so yeah. I believe it was one ticket uh, sold. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where it was sold. I wasn't working last night, but uh, you know, it was it was exciting for uh, some of the fans out at Northfield Park. That's for sure. The twenty cent super paid one thousand sixty two dollars, <laughs> but that was eight four. But that was eight four all all. So two and or four return a thousand dollars. How do you like that? Yeah, and I, I didn't know you guys did the superfecta carryover over there. I guess you guys do. Oh yeah, we. Oh yeah, we do that here in Pennsylvania. Okay, so six thousand three hundred seventy-seven dollars was that superfecta carryover, and I know you guys are aggressive. I can't. Did you guys have like any kind of instant guarantee or anything? Oh, for sure. I think they they guaranteed yeah. it, and they bet thirty-seven thousand into it in the next race. So uh, wow, you know, people that shows people love the carryover action, man. Yeah, you guys are very aggressive when it comes to that. When it comes to the instant guarantees and the, and uh, you know, you guys aren't afraid to put a number on uh, on those guarantees, are you? No, not one bit, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's listen. We got a show to do. We're we're just kind of chit chatting back and do forth. We, do we? Yeah, we do. We do. We've got a we've got a uh, great show coming up for you today. Yeah, we we've do. got. Uh, Jason Skinner is going to be joining us, uh, tra- uh, trainer of champion Bags the Riches, and Jason's making his post time with Mike and Mike debut. So, you know, we're going to have to get his background a little bit, ask him oh, about for how sure. he got the sport and all that kind of stuff. Jessica Otten, we've had her on the show a million times. She's going to be joining us. She works for us, post time with Mike and Mike. And, uh, <laughs> she's going to be talking a little bit about what we like to talk about, Mike, and that's horse aftercare. Yes, definitely. Uh, Jessica participated in Equine Affair last month, and through everything going on, uh, we haven't had a chance to get her on, so we're finally going to get a chance to talk to her and uh, see what uh, experience she had. We're also going to talk to Greg Gangle, Mike. Boy, is the Cam Luck Classic shaping up to be a fantastic race. And Mike, they're also going to break some horses that are going to participate in that race uh, on our show today. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I'll tell you what, that's shaping up to be a fantastic race. It's always a fun race. They do such a great job up there at the, the raceway at Western Fairs. I, I don't know the actual name for it. It's the, it's the raceway at Western Fair District, right? Correct. Okay. The, ra- right, the, so. the, the raceway at Western Fair District. 
Mm, yeah. yeah. We, we, we note it affectionately as Western Fair. But we'll be talking to our good friend Greg Gangelthorne at the bottom of the hour. Plus, we're crofting Mike Gina Maybe is going to be joining us. It's our biweekly segment on Rosecroft. So Gina's going to be talking about that, that I want to be a driver thing, a money promotion. What a great promotion that is. Fantastic. Fantastic. So oh, we're yeah. going to talk to Gina about that. And uh, also we're going to be talking a little bit about racing under saddle. Their quasi season is getting ready to start, and we're going to be talking to Stephanie Jacobs about that. So it's a jam-packed show, and we'll get things started with Jason Skinner up next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Don't go anywhere. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 2nd, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, food and drinks, meet-cute foals, and much, much more. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 2nd. Second at 11 a.m. Be there. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6:30 p.m. Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by the trainer of Bags to Riches, Mr. Jason Skinner. Jason, how are you? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Well, Jason, I brag all the time out at Northfield Park that I helped uh, discover this horse a little bit because uh, when we were looking uh, for horses to compete in the Carl Milstein Memorial last year, uh, we were kind of, you know, looking around, seeing who was out there. And, um, you know, uh, Bags to Riches jumped off the radar uh, at us at uh, in Delaware. So talk to us a little bit about Bags to Riches and uh, your career. Yeah, I was real ha- thankful for the opportunity to race out there. You know, I didn't have a very good showing, but I was real happy to be there. Um, I guess I'm third generation. My grandfather trained some and my dad trained some. And, and it's just kind of in the blood. And once it's in your blood, it's hard to get out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, Mike Bozich here. Now, tell us uh, a little bit about where you're from. I mean, wh- where where did you get your started racing? What area? Uh, my dad, he, he raced mostly at Rosecroft, so I watched the many races uh, sitting on the fence there watching Rosecroft, and I kind of got my start more at Harrington. Uh, Delaware got slots, and that's kind of where I got my uh, start. And tell us uh, tell us about some of the, the horses that you had kind of growing up, maybe some of the horses that kind of caught your heart a little bit. Uh, you know, my dad had a couple of, like, old claimers and stuff like that. He never had nothing real special. He had one horse that went to Pennsylvania Sire Stakes, a couple of divisions of that, and was Arrogant Hanover. 
Um, he was a free for all there at Roche Crawl. So, I mean, that was probably the best one he ever had. Um, me, more, my favorite would be Irene on the move. Uh, she was a Delaware champion. She made almost a million. Um, I was pretty, she's been special to me. Now, Jason, talk to us a little bit about Bags to Riches. Uh, Bags to Riches raced in a prep for the graduates uh, and raced a very nice fourth and now has entered in the Confederation Cup uh, eliminations. Uh, what kind of chance do you give him? And, you know, tell us a little bit about Bags to Riches. Uh, you know, what was he like uh, as a uh, two-year-old? And when did you notice you had something special in your hands? Um, well, you know, he, he drew bad for the Confederation Cup uh, first leg there. He got the seven-horse seven horse field, so. That's not the best way to start out, but we're hoping we can do good enough to get in the final. Um, early on in Bags' life, um, he was just so-so trainer. Never never really shined that much. You know, he, he kind of shined more once he got to the track. Um, still to this day, he's not a great trainer. Um, he just kind of, when he gets there, he knows his job, and he does it. He, he wants to win. He's a racehorse. I'll tell you what; those are the those are kind of the good thing, good ones to have. I mean, horses that absolutely know what their job is when they get to the race track, they know that it's that it's time to race. We're talking to Jason Skinner. Uh, Jason, maybe some of the strategies up the Confederation Cup. I mean, obviously, you, you know, you draw bad. It is a half mile track, so you kind of got to be near the pace. Do you kind of want to tip? Maybe what strategy are you thinking about using? Or are you you're going to kind of you're going to play the poker face? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I put Jody on there, so I'm hoping Jody can get me around there, get me in the final somehow. Whenever he gets it done, it'll be fine with me. Mike? Oh, okay. Mike Carter's. Uh, yeah, Sorry, he's, I'm, he's, I'm uh, fixing the website. Did we, uh, we no, that's okay. That's okay. But now, keep in mind, Mike's doing all, he's doing the whole tweeting thing and everything, and he's you know, kind of managing the website. So he's doing a little couple different things. He's certainly multitasking. Jason, let's look to the future now with, uh, with banks, to riches is this a horse that, I mean, he kind of got his season mapped out a little bit, or are you just going to kind of see how he does in the Confederation cup and, and kind of go from there. Uh, I think he's pretty mapped out. We'll be raced pretty lightly this year. Um, I think the four year old year is the toughest year on a racehorse. In my opinion, it's hard to make that transition to, the older horses and more classy uh, seasoned horses. Um, so we got him in all four-year-old stuff. Uh, I think next he'll go to the graduate second leg, which is at Mohawk. Then we'll step to Tioga, and then hopefully back to the Meadowlands for the final, the graduate. Uh, I was real happy with the way he raced the first leg of the graduate, the Meadowlands. He come first up and went a mile and eight, and he hung tough. I was real happy with him. Tell us about some of the other horses that you have in your barn uh, going forward here in 2018. Uh, we actually have Bags' his brother. He makes his uh, stake debut next Wednesday at Rose Crawl. Um, he's kind of a little bit slow learner. Uh, he's not quite as uh, athletic as Bags. On the other end, he does have the same amount of raw speed, I think. He's just not quite as – I don't know, he just hasn't really clicked yet for him. Um, we got another old classy man named uh, BJ Sweetheart. She's always holds her own for me. So, I mean, we got a lot of babies coming up for seven of those, and uh seems like there's a couple pretty good ones in there, I think. And tell us a little bit about what some of the future aspirations are for one Jason Skinner. What are some of the races that you'd like to win uh, that's that's kind of in your sights before you call it a career? <laughs> that's nice. Um, I'd love to win the uh, I'd love to win the Adios. I don't know. The Adios has always been special to me when I was a kid. The Rocky music kind of gets me pumped up. I've always had dreams about winning the Adios. That's kind of a special one to me. All right, fantastic. Well, listen, Jason, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you come uh, Confederation Cup time and here in 2018 with Banks to Riches and uh, the rest of your stable, my friend. 
All right. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, that was Jason Skinner of uh, Banks to Riches fame. And I'll tell you what, Jason's one of those guys, like you said, Mike, he's a third-generation, uh, you know, trainer. He's grown up, around, grown up around the horses like so many other people have. And, you know, I'll tell you, Banks to Riches is a really, really nice horse. I think he's one we're going to have to take note of here in 2018. Yeah, definitely. He is a very, very nice horse. And uh, like I said, last year when we were starting to search horses for the Milstein and uh, he popped up on our radar, boy, were we impressed with what we saw. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see a horse, another horse from Delaware uh, that's not out of Mr. Wiggles kind of making a stand. And it shows that uh, the state of Delaware uh, and the state of Maryland and those uh, city states, uh, you know, don't uh, can't be ignored. Speaking of Mr. Wiggles, who showed up here at Harris, Philadelphia the other day and actually won was pretty good value. I think going off two to one at five to two was Mr. Wigglepants. You remember Whoa, Mr. Wigglepants? There you go. Oh, yeah. yeah Very yeah. fast. He was right? actually he, – he was, I think he was in like a mid-condition level pace, and he wasn't really showing good form. He was from racing in Canada, so I think a lot of people kind of didn't know how to handle him wagering-wise, and, and he won. Went all the way. I thought that was good there value. There you go. No, definitely. I mean, he he went to the uh, quarter in the Carl Milstein Memorial out here in twenty five and three, so yeah. he's got a lot of speed. That's for sure. He has a ton Absolutely. of speed. So, yeah, uh, and, he, and and that and that's what he did. He started from post seven and he just rocketed out there. Pat Lachance was in the bike, and yeah, I mean, he just he, he took him every step. All right, let's get the show on the road, my friend. We've got Peter. Uh, Peter on. So can you believe that? Peter, said, Peter are you Otten kidding me? No. Well, let's see. I call her Jennifer. I call her Peter. Now it's, it's actually <laughs> Jessica Otten that's going to be joining us on the program as we're going to talk about one of our favorite subjects mike and that's horse aftercare so you're certainly going to want to stick around for that plus stephanie jacobs from racing under saddle she's going to be joining us gina maybe from the columbia leaf standard bread owners owners association we're going to be talking a little bit about rosecroft raceway and of course greg gangle from the raceway at western fair district we are rocking and rolling on this edition of post time with mike and mike presented by bet america back in a flash New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. 
Org. Twelve championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick and a coast home champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018, coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there, foiled again, dead game, clear vision laid on the outside, pit rock on the inside, photo finish, foiled again, and pit rock together, run, 49 and 2. Back of this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're joined now by our correspondent and co host. And she does a ton of other things. Uh, Jennifer, I mean, Jessica. Gosh, I can't keep doing it. Jessica, Jessica, what's going on? How are you guys this morning? Not too bad. Me? Well, Je- yeah, we can hear you great. Uh, Jessica, okay, let's, talk, uh, let's talk the equine affair a little bit. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, what was going on at the equine affair and uh, what you did. So I had the opportunity to uh, meet Winnie down at the equine affair at Ohio in um, Columbus, Ohio. And it was really cool to see, like, all the old adopters come back and ask, ask more about it. I'm not really familiar with the whole new location thing, but it was pretty cool to um, – it kind of explained it to the people what um, standard do before they retire. And I actually got to meet a few adopters that adopted horses I had taken care of in the past, which is really cool. Um, New Vocations does a phenomenal job, and it's so cool to see the horses get a chance to have a second life after the racetrack. Now, Jessica, talk to us a little bit about what you did while you were down there. I know you helped care for a couple of horses. You showed people a couple of different things. But you also got to see a couple different aspects of, like, what standard do. Is that correct? Yeah, um, so I've literally just grown up doing standardized my whole life. My parents never got me a pony, a riding horse, nothing. So I was kind of clueless going into this whole thing. It's my first time at the equine affair. Um, but the standardbreds do really adjust well to, like, um, riding and whatnot. And um, so I was able there to um, sell T-shirts and kind of just talk to the general public a little bit about um, what standardbreds do. And um, to be able to watch the standardbreds go from, like, the race bike and jog cart to um, the riding and there were still in the race bike, but um, it was, uh, it was pretty neat. Um, just to kind of see all the different kind of breeds also. So. Now Jessica, talk to us a little bit about how important uh race horse adoption is. Obviously, um, you know, when r- horses finish their careers, uh, we all need to get them uh, into a good home of some sorts and obviously keep them out of, uh, you know, pens and things of that sort. Just how important uh, is what New Vocations is doing? Um, it is extremely important. Coming from the horseman aspect of it, I know where all my horses end up when they're done um, on the racetrack. I know the families that they go to and whatnot. I have one that's shows 4-H horses with little kids. Um, it is extremely important. These horses give us their all every single day and expect nothing in return. And I think the least that we can do for them is make sure that they have a good home after they're done um, racing on the racetrack because they're they're not machines. They're pets to most of us. And I just think it's extremely important. And like I said, New Locations is an extremely well job doing that. 
Well, Jessica, obviously we have a very busy summer season coming up uh, with all the traveling that we plan on doing. And Jessica, we certainly uh, look forward to having you on and uh, kind of talking more uh, racehorse aftercare. Actually, you just got your um, your your next uh, writing assignment, so to speak. I did indeed, and I'm really excited to get started on that. I'm really excited for the summer to get rolling so we can get these live remotes on the way. All right, Jessica, we certainly appreciate you taking time out to join us this morning. And uh, listen, don't work too hard for the uh, for those wrens uh, out there, okay? <laughs> I'll try not to. You guys have a good day. All right, that was Jessica and Mike. And I'll tell you, she does a fantastic job with everything that uh, she does. And, uh, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, she helps us out any way she can. Yeah, I mean, horse aftercare is very important, obviously, and we can't stress that enough. And we're working really hard with, you know, new vocations to try to create that awareness, you know, to try to look after our equine athletes after their racing days are done. I mean, that's obviously very important. It's very important for the horse, but also, Mike, it's very important for harness racing. I mean, it's very important for us to have that image to the rest of the world, you know, and, uh, I mean, obviously, it's it's very important to be able to do that, to say to the rest of the world, hey, you know, we need to be very vigilant. We need to be very active in we're taking care of our athletes. That's just, it's very, very important because I'll tell you what, if we don't, if we don't make that stand, somebody else will. Somebody else from outside that industry will. So, very, very important stuff. All right, our show's going to roll on. We've got Stephanie Jacobs coming up. Also, we've got Gina Maybe from the Cloverleaf Standard Owners Association. She's going to be joining us as well. We're going to be doing some crofting, as I like to call it, talking about our good friends at Rosecroft, talking about that I want to be a driver promotion. And, boy, that is a fantastic promotion. So we're going to uh, we're going to talk about that as well. And uh, let's see what else we have. Our good friend Greg Gangle is going to be joining us as well. We're going to talk a little bit about the Cam Luck Classic. And, boy, that is shaping up to be a doozy. That and so much more on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Back in a moment. Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, hits the road in 2018 by coming to your city starting on Saturday, May 26th, for the Camelot Classic at Western Fair Raceway. On Saturday, June 16th, we invade Mohawk Racetrack for the very first time as we broadcast the Pepsi North America Cup. On Sunday, July 8th, is the New Vocations Telethon at Jackson Fairgrounds in Jackson, Michigan. Saturday, July 14th is our first trip of the year to Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as we head to the Meadowlands page. On Saturday, August 4th, we return for the Hamiltonian Stakes. We return to Hoosier Park Racing and Casino on Friday, August 10th for the Dan Patch Stakes and back again on Friday, September 21st for the Hoosier Pacing Derby. For more information, visit posttimewithmikeandmike.com.
Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 2nd, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, food and drinks, meat cute foals, and much, much more. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 2nd. 2nd at 11 a.m. Be there! Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Better America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Still a lot left to come on this edition. We've got Gina Maybe from the Cloverleaf Standard Bread Owners Association. She's going to be stopping by to talk a little bit about the I Want to Be a Driver promotion that continues, plus what's going on at Rosecroft Raceway. And then we're going to talk to our man, Greg Gangle from Western Fair. He's going to talk to us a little bit about the Cam Luck Classic that is coming up. That is a First on our remote schedule here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, we are so excited uh, to get that remote schedule started. So Greg's going to be joining us as well. But first, it's Stephanie Jacob. She's going to be joining us to talk a little bit about racing under saddle, and she's on the line now. Hi, uh, Stephanie. How are you? I'm good, Mike. How are you today? Doing fantastic. Well, let's talk a little bit about the racing under saddle. I know we've had you on the show in the past. It's been a little bit, but uh, nonetheless, we do want to, uh, you know, we do want to talk about racing under saddle because it's it's a fantastic event. Uh, it's certainly a lot of fun to watch, and uh, you guys are going to have an event coming up uh, at Ocean Downs. Tell us a little bit about uh, the event first of all coming up at Ocean Downs in the not too distant future. Oh, well, you know, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show again. It's always a pleasure to work with you guys. Uh, Racing Under Saddle is hosting a couple of events this year. We're really excited about it. The first coming up is July 15th at Ocean Downs, which is also National Horse Day. Um, we have had this race on National Horse Day before, and the crowd is just phenomenal. The support that we get in Maryland is always 
unsurpassed anything that we normally experience. They just are a great group of people. They're very supportive. Um, you know, we always in- include and encourage that any riders, trainers, owners, or horses that they would like to participate in racing under saddle to contact us uh, through Facebook or through the Rustman Atlantic page. You can just email us. And um, we also have uh, September 16th is Rosecroft, October 14th is Shenandoah Downs, October 20th is Meadowlands, and then we also have the Frederick Fair in Maryland where we will be not only hosting a standard bread show, but we will also be doing um, a Racing Under Saddle demo, which is always an exciting and fun-filled day for all of us who not only race our standard bread, but show them as well. Now, when we have you on, Stephanie, we always, because we've got new listeners always coming and kind of tuning in, tuning out, and we always like to keep everybody up to date as far as the people that aren't really familiar with Racing Under Saddle. What exactly is Racing Under Saddle? So Racing Under Saddle is um, just a little bit of an alternative to the traditional um, harness racing. Our goal is, is to be able to not only help improve the quality of horses while racing in harness, you know, just to help encourage better attitude, to be more competitive, but it also in the long run, we hope to offer like an alternative class for horses, you know, who you get a lot of horses in a class that aren't getting in because there's too many horses in that class. But if they could be in the same class, but instead of harness racing to be racing under saddle, then those horses will still be able to race and make their owners money without having to constantly be pushed out because there's too many horses in that class. As far as the interest goes and, and, you know, obviously you guys do it at ocean downs, which is a a fantastic place because you get a lot of people at ocean downs, uh, you know, that are there vacationing and, you know, that's one of the racetracks that gets a really good crowd, you know, regardless of what's going on, because, you know, it's right on the ocean. It's a tourist destination. (laughs) It's just a, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, But I mean, as far as the interest goes, since you've been involved in racing under saddle, have you seen the interest trend upward? Oh my gosh, the interest that we get is astronomical. We get people contacting us from all different states. Um, We've even had people contact us from thoroughbred tracks that love racing under saddles so much as, you know, to draw attention to their tracks that they want us to come. It's just hard because, you know, traveling, because most of our riders are on the East Coast, and traveling out to say, you know, Illinois or Indiana or Michigan um, gets to be a little bit harder because <laughs> we're all here. <laughs> right, and, right. you know, um, but I mean, the interest that we get is just so great. And we wish that we could go to all of these places in a single season. Um, and I really do think that eventually we will be able to accomplish that. So we just have to keep our hopes up and keep pushing forward and just keep driving the interest because I do think that a lot of people really, really enjoy it on top of the harness racing. I just think it's such a great other alternative to make people excited. Visiting with Stephanie Jacobs. Now, Stephanie, from a, from a horseman or a horsewoman point of view, if you've got any, any horseman or horsewoman out there that may be interested in having a couple of, horses you know race under saddle what's the next logical step for them to try to get involved 
so the next logical step to get them involved is to um, hook them up with a rider in their area. So we have a list of people who ride, um, and I mean we get interest from all over, and we hook up a trainer with a rider and a horse, and we just kind of encourage the riders to go as much as they can, whether they work in the harness racing business or they're just riding horses in general, and get conditioned, get the experience, work with the trainer to – um, you know, train down the horse and get them qualified. And I mean, we have a huge network of supporters from Delaware to New York, New Jersey, Maryland, Virginia. I just was contacted by some people in Ohio that want to get involved. So, I mean, we have people everywhere that really want to get involved and, and really get things going. So I, I feel like our network of support is endless. All you have to do is contact us and we can get you started. Now, racing under saddle um, is something that is taken off overseas. It goes by the name Team Monty, I believe, overseas. Yes. Um, and obviously, it's you know it's gathering momentum here in the states, but still, it's it's right now at the present, it's still a lot more popular, a lot more accepted overseas. What are some? What's the end goal here for racing under saddle? What at the end of the day would you like to see racing under saddle accomplish here in the states? Uh, I would love to have people view as racing under saddle as they do in Europe because it is absolutely huge. I mean, they have races over there that go just as much as the Hambo does in purse money. So, you know, obviously at the end of the day, our our greatest goal would to be, you know, to see a racing under saddle race on every card almost every night or at least a couple times a week and, you know, just to participate and partake in the standard bred harness racing industry as a alternative to increase popularity of the sport so we can keep the sport in the equine industry and to just keep drawing people into our business. Yeah, I mean, good stuff. I think harness racing, the standard bread industry, I mean, in order to attract gamblers and attract interest, I think we do have to start trying to do some stuff different. I mean, whether it be racing different distances or incorporating some racing under saddle into our wagering cards, I think right. it would certainly be a great twist. And, you know, I mean, from a handicapping point of view, you know, it would probably supply a lot of great value, a lot of good uh, you know, handicapping opportunities for gamblers out there trying to look for an edge. But once again, Stephanie, if, if anybody's interested, whether it's from a horseman point of view, horsewoman point of view, whether from a, it's from a fan point of view, what have you, is what website can they go to? Is there a website or a destination that they can go to to get more information? Oh, absolutely. We have a couple of means of contacting us. You can go to RustMidAtlantic.org. It's our website, and you can contact us any of us through email and we will get back to you. Also, if you wanted to go onto the website, you can also support us by giving donations through the website. And we do have a supporter uh, sponsorship level. And we also have other levels that um, bigger companies, if they want to give contributions to can go that direction uh, we also have a Facebook page that you can go through. There's Russ Mid-Atlantic, and then there's also Russ America that they're interconnected. So you can contact us through those pages as well. Uh, most of the time it's either myself or Maria contacting you back. Uh, Maria Buchanan is our vice president, and 
you know, we've had huge sponsors such as Back on Track, Clemson Trotting, Poland Feed, Miller Light, Ocean Downs, Rose Croft, Windback Farms, and the Bill Beaver family who has been phenomenal to us. But, you know, some of the, the best contributions we have to look into is the fact that we have such a support, such as the Main Street Cafe in Delaware, Beth McCack, um, she is absolutely wonderful and has supported us over the years through hosting Pate Nights at her place and Hand of Luck Stables, who has also hosted little shows and given us their contribution to help support racing under saddle. So it's not just the big supporters that we love so much. It's the smaller supporters, too, that work so hard to help us fundraise and support what we love because they love it, too. Good, good stuff. Well, Stephanie, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and we'll check in with you maybe in a couple more months and uh, see how the circuit's going. Yes, I am super excited about this year, and we are hoping to have very competitive fields in um, the, you know, the racing under saddle this season, and I just always look forward to this season because it's a lot of fun, and the girls, the horses, the trainers, the supporters, they're all so wonderful to work with, and it's always something to look forward to every year. All right, fantastic. Stephanie, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. All right, take care. You too. That was Stephanie Jacobs. And, uh, Mike, you know, harness racing is always talked about trying to be different a little bit. We talked about different distances. We talked about a lot of different things, you know, taking the passing line out, putting it back in, taking it out, putting it back in. He's doing a lot of different things, right? And then we've got racing under saddle. Do you think that eventually racing under saddle can kind of make its way into this recipe? Yeah, I think so. I think that um, with what they've done in Canada, making it pair mutual in some instances, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, you know, it's definitely worth it. You know, it takes on kind of a thoroughbred-esque type of scenario, and I think it could potentially get a few transitional players over, Mike. I mean, you know, it's not the same, obviously, as thoroughbred racing, and uh, these horses can make breaks and what have you, but who knows? Maybe you'll get some transitional players and uh, maybe increase handle a little bit. Well, it is interesting. I mean, because from a gambler's point of view, you're always looking for some kind of edge, right? You're always looking for some kind of value. You know, that's like the magic word value. Got to have value, right? So like, and I'll give you a good example. I know a lot of people that kind of follow these amateur races around and they've got their guys that they like the bet. You know, I, I know there's uh there's people that like to go around and, and bet Steve Oldford. I know there's people that like to go around and bet Joe Lee, some of the other guys that they follow. That, and, I, and I think normal gamblers that follow a circuit a lot of times shy away from those amateur races because they deem it you know, very unpredictable. But there are some people that like to hone in on them. And I think that's kind of the same thing here with our, you know, racing under saddle. If you, you know, find some different intricacies that – the other, you know, the, because it is paramutual racing, you are gambling against the other person. If you find some angles that the other person don't know about, you can make some money. Yeah, definitely. That's why, you know, your angle, um, it might work. And if you realize it starts to work for you, uh, it's worth a play no matter what anybody says. I mean, I know you sometimes use a point system. I've uh, used the systems like that sometimes. And, you know, what's good for the goose isn't always good for the gander. So it's, uh, it's one of those things. 
All right. We still have lots left coming up on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We're going crofting next. I love that term. I love that term, crofting, with Gina Maybe. She's going to talk a little bit about what's going on at Rosecroft. Huh? Are you making me a sweater? No, no, no. That's, that's oh, knitting. you said crofting, not crocheting. I'm sorry. Okay, crocheting. got it. Got it. Got Get it. out of here. <laughs> All right. She's coming up from the Cloverleaf stand of Red Otis Associates. Boy, don't, boy, I'll tell you what. Don't quit. Your, don't ever try to be a comic. Don't <laughs> Listen, I tried, to, I, I tried to tell a joke in the Dan Patchell words, and nobody got it. So Nobody even laughed. No, they did not. <laughs> They just kind of looked well, you at me like it was crazy. You got to give it time to breathe. I mean, I wouldn't have said anything until somebody laughed. Oh, my God. It might have been Anyways. standing up there a while, but. <laughs> right. All right. So Gina Maybe is going to be joining us from the Cloverleaf Standard Bread Owners Association. Plus, we've got Greg Gangle. We're going to talk a little Camla Classic as well. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Attention all breeding funds. Did you know Pacing for the Cure has a stud fee for scooter program? Your stud fee donations will help those living with MS with severe mobility limitations obtain a scooter and be able to continue to enjoy their love of harness racing. Contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org if you'd like to make a donation. Mike? In case you haven't noticed, Mr. Bill G. has begun pacing for the cure for multiple sclerosis. Join in on the fun and weekly contest on Facebook to guess where he will place in each race. Like and share our page. Great prizes available for the lucky winners. Better yet, come out to the racetrack and watch him race live. Let's start a Mr. Bill G. fan club and start blogging on the journey page of the pacingforthecure.org website. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. 12 championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick going to coast home a champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018, coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there. Foils again, dead game. Clear vision laid right on the outside. Pit Rock on the inside. Photo finish. Foils again and Pit Rock together. Keystone Velocity in 147 and 3. That's the new track record. Competitive racing and full fields equal big payoffs. Six roses at 35 to 1. Bang! Soon go the fireworks. Catch exciting live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway. Two days a week, every Wednesday at 6.40 and Sunday at 4.40. Rosecroft has an industry-low 12% takeout on the Pink Five. Rosecroft Raceway, we race. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. We're joined now by the Cloverleaf Standard Association, Standard Bread Association's uh, own Gina. Maybe Gina, how are you? I'm good, and you guys? 
Not too bad. Well, Gene, I'll tell you what. Rosecroft, over the past couple of weeks, if it hasn't been put on your map yet, you're really missing out because Rosecroft has really seen a lot of uh, publicity throughout their spring meet. And I'll tell you this. I want to be a driver series that you guys had uh, was a lot of fun to kind of watch and see how it worked out. And uh, the fans seemed like they really enjoyed it. Yes. um, Let's see. On April 22nd, we did one. And... um, we had Ryan come down and, you know, help us film it and get it, get the word out there about it. And the participants have a great time and it's really great to see the enthusiasm in our sport. You know, Gina, that's one of the questions that I always have for people, especially when they first get behind a horse, because I think when you watch a harness race and if you've never been behind a horse, if you've never sat behind a horse and then you actually you know, watch a harness race, it looks really easy. You know, these guys make it look super, super, super easy. And then when you finally sit behind a horse, even if it's just jogging, going just a few miles per hour, I think it kind of puts it in perspective. What are some of the reactions that you get from some of these people that are, you know, kind of take part in this promotion that get off the horse for the first time? It's got to be something. Is it they are still really on cloud nine when they get off the horse. Um, you know, one of the things they they experienced for the first time is actually the dirt being kicked up into their faces from the horse's hooves. And, you know, sometimes I forget to give them goggles, but I've been I've gotten better about that. I don't think about those things, but you know, after the fact they're like the dirt was really flying. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot the goggles. But we've got that now in my bag, so I don't forget about that so much anymore. But well, you know, that's kind of, well, you know what? I'll tell you what, Gina, that's kind of all part of it all. I mean, get, you know, you got to get the, the dirt in your eyes and, you know, get the feeling of what these drivers are out there experiencing. But where did this idea come from? I mean, it, it, talk to us about how you kind of come up with this. Well, um. We here in Maryland, we have we have a great horse industry board, and we meet once a month usually, and everybody goes around the table with all their disciplines and everything, and they talk about what's coming up, pushing at one of these meetings, our harness youth um, camps at Rosecroft, and one of the I think she was a she's a dressage instructor said this would be really neat for adults, but you know maybe have some alcohol involved at the end or, you know, make it a wine and cheese kind of situation. And I've just kind of evolved it from there. Now, Gina, obviously the Rosecroft meet is coming to an end soon and we will pick things up at ocean downs. Is there any um, inclination that maybe this is something we can kind of carry over there? Um, I have not talked to ocean downs about that. Um, They don't, now, I know at Ocean Downs, they don't have the double-seated carts. Rosecroft actually owns those double-seated carts. So, um, but Peter Smansky and I have not discussed that at all. Visiting with Gina, maybe. Gina, tell us a little bit about what's going on at Rosecroft for uh, the final uh, weeks of the season. Well, um, on Sunday, we kick off our three-year-old sire steak season. Um, and that's pretty much every every night. Um, through the rest of the meet, we will have we have two rounds of eliminations, and then the final will go on closing night. Um, and then on May 20th, we also were doing. I have several, I have six to eight drivers 
that all are participating in the trotting for charity. And we're going to, you know, at Rosecroft, we're going to try to make it a big deal. And that's something that I wanted to ask you about next. And we uh, just focused a little bit about that on the newsletter. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, check that out at post time with Mike and Mike.com. But this trotting for charity, I think this is a complete, complete home run. And uh, I think as many people as we can get involved in it, I think ha- has to be involved in it. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with that, uh, you can go to the Trotcast website. You can check out our newsletter. Uh, Maya Macedonio is the brainchild behind it. And basically what it is, it's it's just uh, drawing for charity. I mean, you have uh, drivers and trainers in some cases. They pick a charity. I mean, whatever it may be, there's a lot of different charities out there. And that's kind of a cool thing too, to see what these drivers pick in, in terms of charities, but, uh, and they get a special, you know, Jersey colors. So, so to speak, they put the uh, logo of the charity on it and, you know, the, for all intents and purposes, they're out there racing for charity. But Jeannie, you mentioned that in, um, that you guys are going to be doing it at Rosecroft. You've got a number of drivers out there that are going to be doing that. And uh, I just want to commend you for that because I think that is a, I, I think it's just a home run all the way around. Um, you know, at Rosecroft, my drivers are, they're super. I went into the driver's room one night and said, give me a hundred dollars and we'll, you know, this is what we're going to do. And immediately I had, you know, they they stepped up to the plate and they even some of them even let me pick local charities close to Rosecroft so that was great too um we one of uh, Russell I think is Freedom Hill Rescue Horse Rescue and they actually came out last fall and did a paddock tour of Rosecroft and they did a night of the races um and you guys in the newsletter focused on Frank Milby's um Talbot Special Riders yep and I don't think – I don't remember reading it, but uh, he actually volunteers one day, yep. I think one day or week or so with them. So, yep. you know, some of them picked, you know, special for them, and then others, you know, let me do special to Rosecroft kind of charities. And we're inviting the charities out that night, and we're going to put a little blurb in our pro- program that night. So we're really going all out at Rosecroft. Yeah, it's it's fantastic stuff, and and to get the people that are in these charities involved, and you know, and, and I'll tell you what, I mean, indirectly, you know, it's it's kind of a way to make new fans, to bring new fans to the sport of harness racing. I mean, it's it's just wonderful publicity, and most importantly, it's it's all out for a very very good cause. Well, Gina, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, best of luck to you as we wrap up uh, yet another season at beautiful Rosecroft Raceway. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Gina Maybe. And, and Mike, I got to tell you, I, I just, I'm really a big fan of this. I'm really in, in you know, if you, if you go back and read the newsletter, post time with Mike and Mike.com, and in the beginning of the article, I kind of put my own little, little twist into um, why I'm such a fan of this. And not only for the obvious reasons, I mean, obviously it's for a good cause, but, you know, there is something in it for the sport of harness racing. You know, I mean, it is a great cause, but, you know, I mean, kind of from a, I mean, I hate to use the term, but from a, a, a selfish kind of point of view, I mean, it's, it's a kind of a great way to, you know, get new fans involved. Yeah, definitely. It's a great way to get new fans involved and people who may not have even came to the races to begin with. Uh, that's one big thing about a lot of these places is, you know, sometimes they don't even know that harness racing even exists as no. a thing. And so that's a, uh, you know, this is one way to kind of get people out. 
All right. Well, it's starting to rain here at Harris, Philadelphia. That's not a good thing. All right. <laughs> I thought we were supposed to have a beautiful day today, but I guess not. All That's right. Not. I'll tell you, we still got more left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. I can't wait. It is first on a remote schedule. Mike Carter, I know you are super excited and getting ready for the Cam Luck Classic at Western Fair. It's that, I'll tell you what, and, and the roster of horses, it is shaping up to be a flat-out blockbuster, Mike. It's going to be a great one. Definitely, and uh, listen, we're going to get some uh, kind of inside information uh, here from Greg Gangle, so we're going to talk to him about a couple of the horses that are going to be participating in the Camelot Classic. It is the first live remote. It's the second year in a row we've kicked off our live remote season with these guys, and Mike, I'll tell you what, what, uh, what, what great people to work with last year, and what a view we had from the grandstand, so it's going to be a lot of fun. They are tops, and I'll tell you what, they built themselves a heck of a wagering product over there as well. We're going to talk to Greg Gangle in just a minute on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the barn. Excitement. Keystone Velocity in 147 and 3. That's the new track record. Competitive racing and full fields equal big payoffs. Six roses at 35 to 1. Bang! Soon go the fireworks. Catch exciting live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway. Two days a week, every Wednesday at 6.40 and Sunday at 4.40. Rosecroft has an industry-low 12% takeout on the Pink 5. Rosecroft Raceway, we race. It's a race steeped in tradition. A race that has attracted some of the best pacers in the sport and provided some of the most thrilling finishes. This year, a new tradition begins. The Cam Luck Classic debuts at the raceway on a new date, Saturday, May 26th, a racing event named in honor of the Canadian great Cam Luck. Three in a row! World-class racing, games and giveaways, amazing food and beverage offerings, and new this year, a VIP infield party. Don't miss the first ever Cam Luck Classic. For event details, visit westernfairdistrict.com. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, we're joined now by the assistant general manager of the Raceway of Western Fair District, Mr. Greg Gangle. Greg, this is, uh, I believe, your first time on the show, isn't it? Yeah, I believe it is. How are we doing, guys? Not too bad. Well, Greg, before we dive into this stuff, when we talk to somebody for the first time, we always kind of, you know, make them reach back a little bit and uh, talk a little bit about themselves. And Greg, uh, talk to us a little bit about how you got into the sport of harness racing and uh, how you wound up at Western Fair. Well, we're really going back a number of years. Um, Growing up, I grew up in the London area and uh, my dad owned and operated uh, an insurance company for about 30 years along with a real estate company for 25 years 
they always had a horse or two on the side. So that's how I kind of got involved uh, with uh, with racing. And then from there, I went to school. I took marketing at, uh, at a local university. And then from there, I went to the racetrack industry program in Arizona. And then from there, I went to the Harness Edge magazine when I was about 20 or maybe 19. And uh, I worked uh, under the guidance of Harold Howe for about three years and um, got to travel, uh, Harrisburg, all the, you know, travel the Grand Circuit, fall around Muscle Hill, fall around Sun Beach somewhere in terms of the publication and the website and, uh, you know, doing video interviews and everything like, like that. So uh, it was an early point in my career where I developed that type of skill set. And then from there, I was about, I want to say, 22 or 23, and I had an opportunity to work uh, at the Woodbine Entertainment Group. So I started off there in the communications department and then uh, eventually blossomed into uh, a TV commentator role. Um, so altogether, I was there about about eight years. And uh, so mo- recently, about a year, year and a half ago, uh, an opportunity for me to, to come back home and be the assistant manager for the raceway um, under uh, Greg Blanchard, along with Hugh Mitchell, uh, seemed uh, very fitting. Um, you know, the Toronto scene was great and everything, but I decided to go back to my roots and, and uh, have a different type of uh, lifestyle. And, um, and I have a three-year-old daughter, uh, along with uh, another daughter that's going to be due, uh, well, any, any day now, a couple weeks. So um, it was the quality of life and, and just an opportunity to get into a management role and uh, learn a different skill set. So uh, I th- I'm thankful for every opportunity that I've had and, uh, you know, obviously very blessed to be where I'm at today. Fantastic. Visiting with Greg Gango. Greg, the Camla Classic, this is uh, basically it was the Molson Pace for a number of years this is the first year that it's going to be under the Camilla Classic. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how that name change kind of kind of came about? Yeah, an opportunity came about for us to have uh, a new sponsor, and our management team was was deciding which way to go to have a, a general type of name or to to honor a racehorse or a person or something of that nature. And uh, I believe it was our chief executive officer, Hugh Mitchell, mentioned the name Camlock. And that really resonates with a lot of people in the London area and with Sealster Farms being not too far away and being a, a major uh, breeding operation uh, in Canada, if not North America. And it really seemed fitting to, to honor uh, such a wonderful horse for the breed uh, in Canada, arguably the greatest standardbred sire of all time. So uh, as soon as that name really popped up, uh, it, it was agreed upon very quickly and uh, it just seems... Uh, very fitting at this point in time um, to honor a race after the great Camelot because of uh, his input on the racing breed uh, for a number of decades. Now, Greg, let's dive into the race just a little bit. Uh, we know you guys have talked about a few of the horses uh, that are talking about coming to the Camelot Classic. Um, obviously, even in a pleasure, a bit of a legend, and a few others uh, at host. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that and uh, who you guys are looking at. Yeah, we have five uh, confirmed right now. Uh, we, we put out a press release uh, just a few days ago. A uh, bit of a legend who captured last year's then Molson Pace will be returning for the inaugural Camelot Classic. We're thrilled to have him back. And then we're going to go back two years to Evening of Pleasure, who uh, set the track record 150 and 3. He's going to be making the trek north of the border. And then we have, uh, well, the fastest 
horse in Canadian harness racing history with Dr. Jay Hanover when he won in 146 in Fort Mohawk last year. So we're thrilled to have him uh, come up on behalf of Tony Alanya and Connections. And then Ron Burke is going to send Rock and Ron, and he doesn't really need any introduction uh, to his resume of what he's done. So we're thrilled to have those five horses, and uh, that's a great way to start uh, uh, putting together a field for uh, for our $150,000 event. Well, I'll tell you what, that's going to be a wild one. you got the speed of Rock and Ron. I mean, you've got Biddable Legend, who just loves half-mile racing. You know, you've got Evening of Pleasure, who's uh, now under the tutelage of uh, uh, the Bongiorno's. Jen Bongiorno, of course, Evening of Pleasure was one of the ones that uh, had a huge upset in uh, the Molson Pace a few years back. But tell us about that particular day. Now, I know you guys have a lot going on. You guys are going to have an infield party. It's just going to be a fantastic event, and that's what you guys are doing. You guys are creating it as an event, one big party. Tell us about that particular day and what we can expect when we go to London. Yeah, it's certainly a, a must-see or a must-attend event of the season. We take a lot of pride in the and a lot of uh, – effort that goes into this big night because it's all about the experience for, for the guest. It's all about uh, uh, just the overall night itself, whether you enjoy horse racing or you're a first timer, or if you're, if you're uh, a core customer, we have something for virtually every, every demographic. And that's what we strive towards. Uh, our marketing team has been going strong. Amy O'Toole and, and, uh, and her team have been putting forth uh, countless hours to make sure everything is rounding into shape. Uh, we have uh, the Ontario Sire Stakes Gold Division, three pacing fillies that night, four City of London Series Finals. On the wagering uh, menu, we're going to have three super high five races. Uh, we're going to have a early pick three, early pick four, late pick four, low 15% takeout on all those guaranteed pools. So there's all kinds of things going on. And then new this year, we're going to have a new infield a VIP tent and experience that is going to be set up. We have about 100 by 60 foot tent if i'm not mistaken either 100 by 60 or 100 by 50 that's going to cover cover over well over four to five thousand square footage and that is something that we're going to do this year we talked about doing it last year and we just got late in the season late in for timing but this year we're going all out on it it's something that is if, if i'm if i go to the molson pace or the, or the camelot classic over the last number of years this is something that I definitely want to take because you already know what type of experience you're going to expect. And this is just going to add to that. You're going to get preferred parking. So you're going to park in the infield. The tent is in the infield right by the winter circle. So you're going to have the best view in the house without a doubt. And that is the number one key uh, for this type of uh, event. Uh, we're going to have um, all you can eat dinner. We're going to have DJ and live entertainment, uh, dedicated video board, a cash bar, exclusive draws, photo booth, you name it. It's all going to be in that exclusive VIP uh, tent experience. So, I mean, I can talk about this tent for, for as long as the show will go on, because like I said, if, if I'm a returning customer, this is something that I certainly want to take in. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, it sounds like you guys are throwing the book at them. And, you know, I'll tell you, that's something that, you know, you guys have done on a consistent basis. I mean, over the past couple of years, um, you know, Western Fair has really built their their product and has made it very, very attractive 
for gamblers. And I mean, you guys continue to set, it seems like you guys are setting uh, wagering records all the time. You know, the, the pick fours are very popular. The, the high fives are very popular and, and they just pay tremendous by the way. And you don't really even have to get uh, you know, long shots involved very often. I mean, even if it's just a couple of favorites on top with a, tr- a long shot, third or fourth, it could certainly make the thing pay. But before we let you go, what, what are some of the strat like on a, on a, daily basis what are some of the strategies that you guys try to implore to to you know to try to attract that gambler well first of all with our management team we love horse racing we're we're just like you guys we're so passionate about it uh you know whether it be setting post times or trying to attract new customers or anything of that nature we take a lot of pride like you said in our pick three and our pick fours and just trying to put the best product on the table trying to have full fields we're very competitive with that Uh, Our race secretary, Ian Fleming, does an absolutely wonderful job uh, on his end, giving relatively uh, low horse shortage uh, throughout uh, the province of Ontario. So we strive to put the absolute best product on the table. And I think the results have uh, spoken for themselves. Is there always room for improvement? Absolutely. But I think that uh, our our team's made great strides over the last couple of years to try and enhance. And and just like any business, you always want to do better than the year before. And and that's what we strive towards. doesn't matter if you're training horses, operating a business, or running a racetrack. You always try, strive for results, and you always try and, uh, you know, better yourself from the year before. So we're, we're, we're aggressive. We're competitive. Um, Sugar Doyle, Greg Blanchard, Amy O'Toole, and myself, we, we talk nightly about, uh, you know, how, how to improve things, how to make things better, and what worked and what didn't. And uh, we have a great management team, and it's all about who you work with. And, uh, you know, we're all very blessed uh, to, to be in the positions that we are uh, with the raceway, with the results that we're putting up, and and um, you know we're we're proud of what we've done, and and hopefully we can uh, continue and move forward and be strong. All righty, well, Greg, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. And you mentioned the four magic words from Mike Carter because Mike Carter will be up there broadcasting all you can eat. That's all you got to do. Tell him all you can eat, and Carter will be there. I guarantee you. Well, that's great. We can't uh, we can't wait to have you guys up. Uh, we thought it was a great experience for our customers last year, and we're looking forward to having you guys north of the border once again. All right, fantastic. Well, thank you, buddy. We appreciate it, and we'll be uh, seeing you for the big day coming up. Anytime. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Greg Gangle. Uh, yeah, you'll, you'll be you'll be oh, over you there, buddy. I'm sure you'll make you'll make your way over there to the tent, won't you? Listen, between me and Garnett, uh, we'll be over there a few dozen times. Who knows? <laughs> they might want to rethink that all you can eat between you two, let me tell you. But no, I, I, in all honesty, and I'll tell you, in my opinion, one of the things that makes Weston Sugar, and, and Sugar's a really good friend of ours, I mean both of ours, and he's a fantastic announcer. I mean he's legendary as far as I'm concerned. He's very unique in, in the way he calls a race. But, you know, Mike, he makes it fun makes it really fun. I mean, he's constantly on Twitter, you know, going back and forth, talking during the races. Um, you know, the way he announces a race is fun. He just makes it fun. And, and a lot of thing, people, I think, forget on, in the daily grind, especially the people in the business, that, you know, harness racing is supposed to be fun. 
yeah, harness racing is definitely supposed to be a fun, and a, a good time, a great experience for our customers. And, uh, you know, that's one of those things that uh, the marketing teams uh, at some racetracks do a very good job at. Uh, you know, they, they present something to their customers. And I'll give you an example. Um, you know, this weekend for the Kentucky Derby, I mean, everybody and their mother had plans uh, at any of the thoroughbred and harness tracks around the country. And just seeing some of the promotions that were out there, and you didn't hear of any problems, you didn't hear of anything like that. It was all positive stuff so it was uh good things for for everybody involved yeah i mean seeing some of the derby celebrations around it's it's you know fantastic it's great to see people having fun at a harness racing track you know it's 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 a it's fantastic it's really good to see we're going to wrap this thing up we've got one more showing commercial to uh, think and when we come back we'll wrap things up on post time with mike and mike presented by bet america Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. All right, we're back with this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Thanks to all of our guests for taking time out of their busy days to come on the program today. Mike, we'll see everybody back here next Thursday. First post is uh, 1030. Uh, good night, everybody. Can't stay here I know